You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. Crystal Ward, and she is the author of a great 40-day devotional. This is called Grace to Grow, and the subtitle of it is 40 Devotions to Release Anxiety and to Dive into Purpose. And, you know, she was so kind to join us last week. We wanted to continue having the conversation because there's a story about fear and how God intersected with her life that brought this about to search the scriptures to deal with anxiety. Well, with anxiety, comes what? A fear of weakness. Maybe shame lays on top of that. And we then take those lenses and we look at ourselves through that and we assume the rest of the world sees everything that's going on internally with us. And that isn't always the case, but it becomes a hindrance. And so we're going to examine that and unpack how do we deal with those things? How do we move through fear? How do we find truth in Scripture to combat those doubts, and then overcome that shame in our walk with Christ. Good morning to you, Crystal. Thank you so much for coming back with us. Good morning, Steve. I'm so happy to be back with you guys uh, this morning. And I've just told you over the break that my coffee ran out. And so I don't know, you know, how effective this interview is going to be with no coffee, but we'll do our best. <laughs> well, we'll keep watch. You know, if you flame out in the middle of it, we'll we'll play some music, try and wake you up, and and see if you can we can revive you. <laughs> the commercial, so Crystal can get some more coffee. <laughs> there you go. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, Crystal, your your conversation with us was really impactful last week. You had brought up the story of how God had began you on this journey, and it was in dealing with a medical condition that you were facing with your son. Can you just remind us and set up how it is that God brought you to the place where you began this journey in particular? Yes. So maybe let's revisit that story real quickly for anybody that didn't get to hear the interview last week. So um, I'm married to BJ Ward and we have three wonderful and sometimes messy children uh, who are actually getting ready for school right now. Let's see if they can uh, resist the urge to interrupt. And our youngest son, his name is Evan. When Evan was four months old, so, you know, pretty close to a newborn, he had a reaction to some medication that caused him to have over 70 seizures in 30 days. And that's a conservative number. Now, at the time, uh, of course, as you can imagine, as his mom, I, I literally felt like I was going to go crazy. The condition of our home, of our marriage, all of these things was a wreck. And um, our first two children really you know, struggled as well. And uh, you, you brought up shame last week and to, to revisit that a little bit. And um, I think, I, you know, I was, uh, my husband and I are, are staff pastors at our, church, at our church, and I also run uh, a ministry called Grace to Grow, same name as the book. As a pastor, as a minister, I'm struggling with this extreme anxiety and the, the results of the impact on my brain from this uh, really trying moment in our life and shame definitely came along with that the idea was i'm a pastor i'm a minister get it together what is your problem and so 
I can talk about, you know, how God met me in the moment. There's a story in the book where um, as Eben was going into another seizure, I just decided to change it up. And instead of freaking out, I just decided to worship God in that moment. And it wasn't some powerful, victorious moment. It was desperate. But then after the fact, God still had to show up for me every single day to heal my mind and to really deliver me from this anxiety and fear and shame and all of these things that were coming along with that. So practically, what what does that look like? Well, it looks like running to the Lord every single day. Um, you know, there's a, a story in scripture where it talks about the, the woman with the issue of blood clinging to the hem of Jesus's garment. It looks kind of like that every day. Lord, I need you in receiving from the Lord on a daily basis, trusting him to heal me and to, to set me back in, the, in, a, in a healthy place. But also, if you came to my office right now, you would see scripture all over my office. And that's not because I'm so spiritual. It's because I desperately need the truth of God's word. And so uh, we can unpack that a little bit more as we continue this morning. Well, that is one of the very, very important things that we have to understand about the human experience. You know, we live in a broken and fallen world. There's primarily three sources of suffering in our life. There's the, there's the world, there's others in it, and then the consequence of our own sin. And when we're faced with things that are completely of the world and out of the control of ours to do anything with. There was no way for you to overcome, assist, help, prevent any of these things that were happening in your child, which leaves us helpless. And when we feel helpless, sometimes we see that as weakness, right? And weakness can bring about shame. What's the correlation between those two things? Um, sort of that paralyzing inability to do anything. And then our, our mind, we, in, our, in our brain, we say this is helplessness. I can't do anything in this situation. Therefore, it's a weakness and weakness is not something to be shared. So I'm going to cover this up and I'm going to take it and turn it inward which leads us into that shame. What do we do in those situations, Crystal? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that it has a lot to do with our image of the Lord. And, you know, I, th- I think that we look at the Lord different ways depending on how we have experienced life, depending on our relationship with our parents, especially our father. And sometimes we can get a skewed image of the Lord. But it reminds me of a, of a story. When I was pregnant with our first daughter, uh, my pregnancy was awful. Oh my goodness. It was terrible. Uh, I had giant babies. So that means giant pregnant lady. And um, she, you know, Abby is our first daughter. She did nothing but cause me pain for a long time. Then she was late and she was weeks late and her feet stuck up into my ribs. I couldn't breathe. I mean, I was a wreck. I had these issues with my bones and my joints. And so she did nothing but cause me pain probably for almost 10 months because she was late. 
But the moment she came out and we had our first baby, I remember looking at her and I was overwhelmed with love and with joy for this child that has done nothing. And the first thing that I said to her when I looked at her is, or I said was, oh my goodness, I see my face. And I think, I think as children of God, if we can remember we are his children, there's nothing we could do to earn God's love. It's a free gift. It is part of our salvation. It's part of our connection with Jesus. And so I think if we could just get this revelation, really, of how much the Lord loves us and that, yes, He wants us to serve Him. Yes, He wants us to live lives that are that are pleasing and, and honor the Word of God, all of these things. But His love for us is not attached to what we do. We are image bearers. When He looks at us, He sees His face. And so for anyone that's really struggling this morning with shame or doubt or fear or any of these things, uh, as I still often do, I would encourage us to ask the Lord for a deeper revelation of His love for us. And if we can abide in that love and receive it on a daily basis and let him love us that's the thing with shame shame resists the love of god because it says no i can't i'm unworthy if i could say this with as much love as i can in my heart our worth is not attached to our own merit Mm. shame shame and unworthiness really honestly is unbiblical for the Christian because now I experience it. I've, I've had a battle with shame not too long ago, but really our worth and our ability to access the things of God is not connected to our performance. It's connected to the perfect sacrifice and life of Jesus. And so when we struggle, First John 1 John 1.9 says that if any of us sin, we can confess our sins to him, and he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. And so when we struggle, let's just acknowledge that before the Lord, ask him to forgive us and to cleanse us, and then receive his love by faith. That is something that we have to be mindful of because God does not want us to be burdened in that shame. It is in, He's desiring that we would release that so that He could restore us to a pure and holy relationship with Him. Because any of those feelings, those things of shame, they become impediments that block our relationship it's not a it's not being cut off but it impedes our relationship with god and he has made a way back for us to him through jesus christ and we have to go before him to confess those things right sometimes it is not as we were saying earlier the sin might be something that we are struggling with, part of our sin nature, but sin also comes as a result of something that has been done to us, whether that's by another person or a circumstance. In this case, with your son Evan, it could have been that medically, here's the challenge, right? There's something that you can't deal with or do, and you are 
quite quite honestly, you're without power to do anything. And then, well, what do you can, there's a choice. You can become bitter in that. You can resent the fact that, hey, I'm dealing with this in my life. You can resent, Lord, why is my son having to struggle with this? And that then becomes the sin, is our response to our circumstance. In your uh, devotion, one of the great things that um, you speak of is you cite Colossians 3, 2, and it says, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities, not the distractions of the things of this natural world. If we take our eyes off of Jesus, that is where the enemy can step in and can absolutely drive that wedge between us and and Jesus. How do we be on guard for the tactics of the enemy? What do we do in that case, Crystal? I love that you asked that question because I've been thinking along those same lines. You know, one of the names of Satan in scripture in Greek is Apollyon, which means accuser of the brethren. And what he wants to do is he wants to exploit these struggles that we've gone through in our life and so we have the the struggle itself but then often it's compounded for uh the christian where the enemy comes in and he wants to uh take advantage of what we are going through so absolutely i can guarantee you that part of my struggle with fear is an attack from the enemy because second timothy 1 7 says that god has not given us a spirit of fear but power, love, and a sound mind. So what do we do when the enemy then tries to compound these issues? Well, I can tell you the first step for me is I try to come before the Lord and acknowledge the thinking that doesn't align with God's word. And I first do it with a repentant heart and, or I try to first do it with a repentant heart. So what that might look like is Lord, I'm really struggling with fear this morning. He knows. (laughs) He knows I'm struggling with fear. You know, I'm sure he's like, "Uh uh-huh, yes, I see that. (laughs) And, um, And so acknowledge what I'm feeling to the Lord. Now, I also need to acknowledge that God tells me to be anxious for nothing, right? And so then my struggle with fear is actually contradictory to his word. So I'll just tell him, Lord, Please forgive me, Lord, for not trusting you as you would like me to. And I don't need to grovel. I'm a daughter. You are a son. All of our listeners are sons and daughters if you have accepted Jesus into your life. So I just come to him and acknowledge it. Lord, please forgive me, Lord, for these thoughts. Lord, I just believe. Okay, now at that point, I then start to confess truth. Lord, you never leave me. You never forsake me, Lord. Great is your faithfulness. You are my shepherd. And start to replace then the lies with the truth of God's word. Now, I have grounds to honestly take authority over the enemy. He does not have authority over the children of God, only what we allow him to have. And say, okay, enemy, now I see you. And you have to go in Jesus' name. Isn't that what Jesus did in the desert? He said, get thee behind me, Satan. And he confessed the truth, right? And so I acknowledge it first in repentance. I replace it with truth and then take authority over the enemy. 
Well, I tell you, you know, this is just absolutely inspirational because it drives home this point that we can only confront the enemy by leaning into the Lord. He himself, we can't do battle. I was just mentioning this on air yesterday. I said, you know, we hear it preached so many times, you know, lean into the enemy, stand firm and fight the devil. And, you know, that it's contrary because we can we can fight. We absolutely can fight. And we often do that for a real long time. And it becomes exhausting. And we can stand there and we will always, the best we could do is a draw. You know, God's not going to allow him to overcome us. But simply, the very fact is, the only one who can truly overcome is the name of Jesus, and it is the Lord. And we have to go to him and fix our eyes on him. Crystal Ward is sharing with us how we can stand first off we i i, I don't want to use that word no oh, i know it's uh, crystal you know help me out here because i said it i it's so ingrained in us how do we stand against the enemy oh my goodness well we stand by rebuking and turning to the lord who is the only one who can overcome the enemy <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you for helping us with that. Because my goodness, look, we have an enemy, guys, especially, especially if we have a heart that longs for the things of God. If we do our best to live a life that serves the Lord and carries out his plans for our life, I promise you, we have an enemy that takes notice, but you do not have to fear because Jesus has overcome him. Colossians says that he has made an open mockery of the enemy. So you never have to fear him ever. James, the book of James says to resist him. And then it says, he will flee from you. And you mentioned it earlier, Steve, that we have been given the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and earth and under the earth and declare that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So when we are struggling, we can absolutely just say, Lord, I speak the name of Jesus over me right now, over my mind right now. Now, that doesn't mean that we might not need deeper healing. We can always go to a counselor, we can go to a pastor, and we can get that deeper ministry so that our hearts can be whole and well, because the enemy does want to take advantage of these wounds that are in our lives. And so the Lord wants us to be whole and well and healed. Uh, But you never need to fear the enemy because you've been given the name that's above every name. Well, I think of purpose then, you know, so so if we've been given all of this, I'm just thinking about that's that's ammunition, right? We've been given this ammunition. Well, what do we do with that? And we turn to Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 6, and it says, To trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on our own understanding. Seek his will in all that we do. He will show us the path that we are to take. The purpose of our life is something that is so humble, and we see it played out. Jesus called 12 of them. The purpose of our life is to be a student. It's to be the disciple and then to become equipped to then in turn do likewise and extend that by becoming the teacher to someone else. But we're teaching about Christ. We study, 
we fix our eyes on him, and we glorify what God has done in our life. And in your devotion, you speak of this, of how this, in fact, kind of transformed and played out in a part of your life, where you speak of the fact that your husband entering, just coming out of college, you know, had to, you know, really humble himself, and you guys get into your marriage, and it was like, as you said, walking on sand, you didn't feel firmly rooted. Tell us how God transformed that, because ultimately, it's about the renewing of our mind. It's what Paul speaks about. We become the student, we renew our mind, we become Christ-like, and we have to walk out that sanctification process until we enter into the presence of the Lord. So how did that work in your walk? Yeah. Well, you just touched on some teachings that we could go for a whole nother hour on, but yeah, we don't have yeah. time. So, so let me just say this. The purpose, and Jesus defined um, in, in all that you said is true and wonderful. Uh, Jesus really clarified our purpose in Luke chapter 10 uh, in the story of Mary and Martha. Martha was about busy and serving, and Mary was sitting at his feet. Of course, Martha, I think we talked about this last week, Martha was upset. And Jesus said that Mary has found the one thing. And so I believe in that moment, Jesus defined the meaning of life as relationship with Jesus. We see that in the Garden of Eden with relationship between Adam and God and walking together in the cool of the evening in the garden. And so if we can summarize all of our purposes of life, you know, studies show that one of the main causes of anxiety for millennials is decision making. And, uh, you know, they're in a place in their life where they're having to make all these decisions and not wanting to make the right ones. Or, I mean, not wanting to make the wrong ones. And really, if we can just remember the purpose of my life is relationship with Jesus. Jesus can get me where I need to go. And that goes back to that Proverbs chapter 3. If I trust in him and I delight, make my delight in him, he directs my path. And so I think that we really uh, also need a, a deeper understanding of the power of God to lead us as our shepherd, like Psalm 23 talks about, and to get us to our destination. He's so much bigger than we probably give him credit for. He is our gentle and also perfect shepherd and he does get us to the destination that we need to go and so in my story i won't go into all the details of that but uh you know i was fearing all of these decision making but i see now how the places that god led me led up to and added to what i'm doing now and so we need not fear when we're following the lord isn't that so amazing that we come to a place in our life and we look backward over our shoulder, and though we may have gone through trials of all kinds, we can see how God had his hand on that. And there's a wonderful um, illustration that, you know, thoroughbreds are able to win a race because they know the hand of the trainer. And that is you and I. We have to have correction and guidance from the Lord in our life. And many times we do not like where he sends us and we don't like what we're experiencing, but he brings us to a place where we go, now I can understand why I've been through what I've been through 
and how you're using this for your glory, Lord. And that is an amazing and sweet thing to happen in our life. And you've done a great job of pulling that together and summarizing all of that in this devotion. I want to encourage folks, you can find it on Amazon.com or wherever you get your books at, Grace to Grow, 40 Days and 40 Devotions to really understand and tackle anxiety and figure out purpose in life and all of the things that we may be going through that are causing that anxiety, they're going to be used of the Lord for his glory. We just need to be patient, not test and rely on ourselves, but lean into him. What a great place for us to come to. Crystal, thank you so much for your time and your clarity on this and and thank you again for your faithfulness um, in following where God has has brought you and to bring this which is going to impact the lives of many people thank you so much thank you so much for having me Steve I appreciate what you guys do every day to serve God's people you're listening to mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio from the word to life